House of Loud. You see, we used to be pussweeds, but now we're metal. House. Really real. Oh. I'm living this year over metal endoskeleton. Loud. House of Loud. Talking metal and hard rock with Shane Alvarado and Jason Lee. House of Loud. Welcome to the House of Loud. I am one of your hosts, Jason, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, Shane. How are you doing today, Shane? I'm doing swimmingly, my friend. Oh, I like that. I like that. Swimmingly. What, what if you can't swim? Trying you got, to class you got some of those, those arm floaties. Up. Got some arm floaties. <laughs> That's what I would have, so you don't have to worry about swimming. You just float. Just float and drink. That's the way to do it. So uh, this week for the House of Loud, we've decided not to talk. Maybe about Maybe we should change that to the show to just float and drink. Maybe float and drink. That's actually a good idea. <clears throat> not a bad you idea for sell, a show. We got a spinoff. Yeah. I like it. So, instead of talking about our favorite guitar players, which, in essence, we're going to end up doing anyway, yeah. we're going to talk about our favorite guitars and iconic guitars played by these This players, was right? a rabbit hole that I was yeah, not yeah. expecting yeah. So, uh, when I threw this suggestion out, so I apologize. We haven't discussed this at all, so we're going to see where this goes, but I do want to count down from three, and in unison, I want to, each of us to say the most iconic guitar that they can think of. Gotcha. And we'll see if we have the same one. Gotcha. All right? Player and name of the guitar if you can. All right? Okay. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Eddie Van, Eddie Halen, Van Halen, Frank, Frank and Strat. Ah, I said Fender. You said Strat. It's a Frank and Strat. Oh. I've heard it both ways. It's a, it's a, no, that's true. But I've it, heard because it Frank it's parts of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, either way. Yes, there you go. That's it. I wish yeah. we'd have been a little bit more in time there. But that's exactly <laughs> right. The, the most iconic guitar in all of hard rock, heavy metal, is without question the Frank and Strat. Absolutely. Black, red, white stripes. Uh, 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 black and red and white stripes, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Uh, just a beautiful guitar. Iconic. Everybody knows it when you see it. Without question. And, of course, the sound that it made was second to none. In 1978, you know, nobody was playing like that. Now, Steve Lynch from Autograph, he claims that he was the guy that invented finger tapping. Uh, I find that hard I, to believe. I've heard Steve Hackett from Genesis invented it. You could go on I've and heard on the and guy on. that invented the guitar in <laughs> 1700s invented it, right? I mean, you guarantee the guy that invented the guitar was yeah. doing finger tapping. He just didn't know it was finger tapping. Right. All right. So uh, we can all argue the person that made it a thing. Yes. Who made it without popular question? Eddie was Van, Eddie Halen. Van Halen. Yeah. You know, that first Van Halen, 1978, nobody ever heard anything quite like it. You know, you had Nazareth before that that rocked. You had Sabbath before that that rocked. You had Zeppelin before that that rocked. But nobody ever heard anything like Van Halen. And it was, uh, I know that we're not supposed to be talking about the music. We're supposed to be talking about the guitars. But the music on Van Halen 1 is stupid. It's outrageously good. So anyway, I digress. Okay, number, number two. Yeah, do you have a number two on the list? A number two? Oh, man. Uh, Randy Rhodes. Oh, my God. I was going to say the same Randy thing. Rhodes, polka the dot. Flying V Polka Dot. And... Uh, if you get a chance to watch the documentary about Randy Rhodes, it's on Amazon Prime. The 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 rivalry him and Eddie Van Halen had, Late. and it wasn't like because Randy Rhodes was like the sweetest, gentlest guy, so it wasn't like right, anything that was that, that was out, you know. But he was actually a, he was a guitar teacher. I mean, he was a virtuoso. His mom was a was a was a music teacher, and he taught guitar. And he goes, people were coming in to. Learn to play like Eddie Van Halen. It was like, hey, I heard this guy last night. I want to play like him. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up creating his own sound. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those first two Aussies, there's some amazing guitar work on those yeah. CDs that were kind of ahead of its time. 
honestly, nobody was really doing that either. But yeah, Randy Rhodes, number two. Now yep. do we have a, a number number three? Now, I don't know if we're going to really combine on the third one here. Um, I'm going to go not straight metal, more hard rock and more core. I'm going to go with Jimmy Page's <laughs> Double Neck. Damn it! Was that you're going to be your three? It's on the list. It's li- <laughs> we did not. We did not go over this at all. This was literally this morning. Hey, what are we going to talk about? I'm like. Guitars. Let's yeah, forget players. Guitars, and we came with the exact same list. That is bonkers. And that's not so much bonkers as it's really weird. Same word. <laughs> same thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it is odd that we're in the same. How about you? What's your What's your next one on this list, man? Oh, number. F- oh boy, number four. I would almost have to say go to a bass. Oh, and I think Gene Simmons' Battle Axe. Score. Now, I didn't even do any basses. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of thinking guitars are guitars, you know. I didn't but even think about that. Yeah, I think that one, and coming up in the in the age that I did, Michael Anthony's. Of course, that's where I thought you were going. Yeah, yeah, it was a toss-up, but I'm like, that the, the battle axe with the whole look, come yeah. on, it's badass. Yeah, it you is know? badass. The yeah. chips on the blades, like he'd, just yeah. already, he'd been out lopping heads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, without question. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think about bases. Yeah, so now I feel like I'm unprepared. <laughs> I was just it was an afterthought. Train. It was it was an afterthought. Yeah, so because <laughs> you know, well, think there's not that many bases that are kind of crazy. You know, it's no. it's a it's it's a background instrument. You know, it's the rhythm section there, and not supposed to be seen, kind of a thing. Right. You know, unless you're Getty Lee, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. you're 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 less Claypool. You know, you're right. you know, so yeah, so absolutely, you're you're off in the in the distance. But uh, no, I kind of just those. I mean, guitars are guitars, so yeah. But you know, but we just talked about Pantera, so dimes. We, uh, which one, the Washburn or the Dean? I, you know, the the uh, uh, the Dixie Rebel. That, that's that, Washburn. That's I the Washburn. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, an iconic guitar. And once know. he gets the lightning bolt one, that's the Dean, and that's when the the big headstock and it's just you know that. Yeah, it just it looks like it's like exploding out of his midsection yeah. kind of yeah. a thing. I love that guitar. And it's such you know, and again, we're two guys who have no musical talent at all. It's it's pure visual with us, so we don't Wonder. know yep. what goes into deciding yeah. what play. You know, some we can't guys, be doing like you know how many pickups and you know, well, what, a Gibson you know, over an Ibanez yeah, or a BC Rich, or right. you can go. I I don't know. I don't know which one has the best tone. <laughs> right. I can tell you that the Kirk Hammett loves uh, uh, ESP. I don't know anybody else who plays an ESP, but. One of the biggest guitar players in the world plays an ESP. It must be a good guitar. Yeah. Well, and uh, Angus Young, another iconic. It's the same mm-hmm. guitar for everything. And well, and if you go, he's one of the few that has stayed. That's the guitar that he plays everything on. You know. Does he record and play live I, the same? That guitar? I don't know. Because uh, that would be something. Yeah. Amazing. But going back to Jimmy Page, I heard a story. <clears throat> you know that he had. Uh, when he, they first came to America, I think they were opening for the James Gang, and Joe Walsh, you know, he uh, Jimmy Page wanted a Les Paul, and that they were you could not find them in England. Oh, right. So you'd have to import them. Right. You they were so he comes over the states, and he's they were still hard to find. This is like 1969, so they were still hard to find. But Joe Walsh happened to have two. And he gave Jimmy Page number one. It's, it's, it's called number one. So all that music that was recorded with it was Joe Walsh's guitar. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if I got that story right, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds right in my head. Joe Walsh, man, I, I can't think of any iconic guitars he played. I can't tell you that he is a riff king. 
a riff master, man. That what guy, a, a underrated. Oh my God, the, the 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 licks that he threw down, and then to hear him talk, and he always sounded like he was like, man, I'm just barely hanging on, man. I'm so. Uh. A funny story about Joe. How back in the '80s, he came to town, and he was still drinking pretty heavy at this time, and um, it was right as uh, um, the uh, confessor was blowing up, and he didn't. I don't think he much cared for the song. You know, it was just kind of a filler. Yeah. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't really want to give a damn about it. And uh, I've heard stories where he's off stage going, I'm not playing the confessor, man. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not playing the confessor, man. <laughs> I just picture Joe saying it. Because he's just that guy, you know. And I only know that because of uh, Drew Carey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he guest starred on the, yeah. on the show once. Yeah, well, a few times. Yeah. He, he, was, he was a member of the band. Oh, that's right. I, oh, I remember the episode he did with Little Richard. Yeah, they, they had tryouts, and they brought out you know Billy Gibbons yeah. uh, from ZZ Top and Dave Mustaine, and all these people had come out to try out for Drew Carey's band, and Joe ended up getting the job. But he wasn't Joe Walsh. Oh. He was, you know, rando, you know, some dude that worked at the factory or something like that. So now we're going, yeah, we're off. We're, we've chased we our do first tangents. squirrel. I do tangents. We've chased our first squirrel. All right. Um, so can you, picture, can you picture Michelangelo Batio's guitars? No. Nitro. Do you know the band Nitro? Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay. Michelangelo, uh, he lives in Chicago now, uh, but he is, you take everything that was glam metal and you condense it (laughs) and you get down to the core of what makes it glam and you have Nitro. Jim Gillette had the biggest hair. He had the highest voice. He could shatter glass with his voice. They had the studded leather look. And Michael and they the the guitar or the the uh, uh, drummer is Bob Rock, who ended up in right. Vinny yeah. Vincent, yeah. just muscle bound dude. Yeah. And um, on guitar, he had this guy named Michelangelo. Is what he went by. Now he's changed it to Michelangelo Batio or Batio. He had a double neck guitar, and not just like a typical double neck guitar where there's two coming out the same direction. This was in a V. Well, kind of like the Steve Vai. Yeah, he had the heart. The, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This he had the, the V, yeah. and he could play ambidextrously. Both guitars oh. were strung, and he could play them both at yeah. the same time. He also had the quad that he had created. It had four necks on it. The top two necks were Gibsons. I don't know what the top and bottom two necks were, but it had four necks and an X, and he could play all four necks not at the same time, obviously, but he could play on all four necks because he's a robot. <laughs> he's a robot. I've seen him live. It's there's not a whole lot of soul, but as far as technicality goes, yeah. It, it's a machine. It's unbelievable. The double Outrageous. neck guitar is something you don't see very often anymore. Well, it used to be a thing. It ended up um, getting stolen. They did their yeah. tour for the OFR. Yeah. Uh, Out Effing Rageous was the name of the album. And they did a, a tour. Date two, that four neck guitar got stolen. <laughs> and there, and, and uh, it was not returned. They, the top half was sold to a pawn shop. Somebody recognized it and returned it to Michael back in 2004. And then he's since had the bottom half recreated. So he has the four neck guitar. <laughs> I imagine probably locked under or locked up pretty good now. Didn't Rick Nielsen just... from Cheap Trick have something? Didn't he have? He had like a, a crazy seven neck guitar. Yeah. Something that looked like it yeah. weighed like 800 pounds. Yeah. Like it would create back problems. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he had like seven or eight necks. Yeah. On it. it was absurd. How could you play something like that? I don't think you can. I think it's all about show. I'll I'll, I'll bet two-thirds or three-quarters of those necks weren't even wired. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they were strong, but but they didn't have electricity, right? It was just... (laughs) Kind of like Paul Stanley's guitar. Imagine that hunk of wood. It's like four feet wide. Man, how much would that weigh? So, fun guitar. Steve Vai, obviously, his Ibanez uh, with the handle... That's, oh yeah, that's yeah. iconic. I yeah. mean, you see a handle in a guitar. Yeah, that's Steve Vai's Ibanez. Yeah, right. And uh, Joe Satriani also plays Ibanez, which is also very similar because he taught obviously yeah. Steve Vai. So uh, yep. I think that would go hand. Didn't 
Didn't Kurt Hammett also study yep. under a little bit? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He did. Uh, man, that San Francisco scene in the late 70s, early 80s. Wow. What was that like? Well, I guess Kirk Hammett was L.A. Well, originally, yeah. And then yeah. moved up to San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Can yeah. you imagine what that was like? I mean, I, I, I was outside looking in. So I didn't get to live it. That would have been cool. But yeah. no, I was too young, and I was too Indiana. We were in the Midwest. Not too Indiana. <laughs> man, what's that, man? Oh. And speaking of L.A., my favorite uh, uh, guitar player uh, with cool guitars would be George Lynch. Absolutely. And he was someone who I left off my list totally. Oh, my. But His guitars were yeah. cool. He always had fun guitars. Obviously, yeah. I think for me, being the metalhead, my favorite guitar, obviously, was the Praying Skeleton. That was the yeah. one he made famous in the uh, It's yeah. Not Love video yeah. when they're on the back of the truck rolling around L.A. and they're putting on that concert, <laughs> and he's playing that praying skeleton. Yeah. That's just a cool guitar. And then a few years later after, he quit Doc and he joined uh, Lynch Mob, Wicked Sensation, and he had a Wicked Sensation guitar. It always looked really cool, too. And the Slayer guitars between Carrie and Jeff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Jeff's uh, uh, Heineken yeah. is just iconic. Yeah. That's just an amazing guitar. And Carrie, his Deans were beautiful. I mean, and mean looking. They look tough. Yeah. Man. I mean, the blood splatter. I think Jeff mm-hmm. had some with the blood spat. I mean, yeah. I mean, they yeah. were metal as metal could be. Well, yeah. And Carrie had it hanging yeah. around his neck, I think, with a chain, didn't he? Didn't he have oh, a chain? Oh, probably. Yeah. And he yeah. had a big old chain hanging off yeah. of his hip. I mean, they, they were a, a metal band. But those were. Uh, God, I love Slayer. <laughs> I do, man. They're just so pure. I know everybody wants to crap on Diabolus, uh, Diabolus and Musico, but I'm sorry that that's, that album had some good stuff on it. <sighs> Love Slayer, and that's the only proper reaction to Slayer. Slayer fans, that's a reaction. Slayer, you can't, Slayer! you can't, yeah, just say Slayer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course um, we can't talk about uh, cool guitars without talking about uh, Kirk Hammett and his entire collection. I mean, we could get into yeah. individual guitars, uh, but um, you know, his entire collection is incredible. He's into horror icon- yes. iconography, yeah. so he's yeah. got a, some cool like Mummy and Bella Lugosi stuff. Uh, the Ouija board uh, guitars are just exquisite, just beautiful. Again, ESPs. I don't know anybody else who plays an ESP. Do you? I don't play one offhand. No. <laughs> no, no. I mean, do you know anybody no. offhand? I can't think of anybody. Yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, he he's got a distinct tone, and I always wonder how many of those guitars. I mean, there are indeed showpieces. You know, a lot of them are. Like I just you know blurted out Paul Stanley. I don't think it was plugged in because I think all of his guitars are showpieces. You know? Oh really? Oh yeah. I mean, like the the one he's been playing forever. You know, the the, the broken glass one. You know, yeah. that that you know if you watch him live, it, he's. <laughs> Right, Kiss not really. Of, I mean, they are truly a band about smoke and mirrors. Yes, yeah. Well, li- well, Ace's the smoke yeah. on his guitar, uh, literally. Yeah. smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and, you know they got. Uh, do they have a? Do they have a uh, mirror ball? It, 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 they strike me as a band that might have a mirror ball at some point. I'm sure they. I've have. seen them live, yeah. but I don't remember seeing one. <laughs> but I'm sure it seems like something they would do. Was there any other cool guitars in Kiss? I mean. Cool guitarist Bruce yeah. Kulick was awesome. Yeah. Did he have a Not iconic guitar? Really, I don't remember he was Bruce a, ever. Yeah, he was yeah. just a guitar. Oh, right? and there's so many. And like, we'll take Iron Maiden, like Adrian Smith and Dave Murray. It's like you would think they would have, considering the the spectacle Dave, that is Iron Maiden. Dave Murray Strat though, man. right? It's just so plain. Yeah, and so beautiful. Both of them. I mean, yeah, even playing that. How long has he been playing? And that even thing? Yannick. Like I mean, years? all three of them. Yep. Just play basic. It's all about the music. It's, it's not nothing, about the show. Yeah, it's it's it's. And that's a band that you would think would, you would slap their logo and and Eddie on every guitar and sell it. Yeah, 
And they mean, don't. They're like they're like Kiss in that respect. You know, yeah. like, hey, we got video games. We've got you know clothes. We've got you yeah. know car wraps, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, another no. bass, uh, Didi from Overkill is another one that I thought bass play. Bass, oh, yeah, yeah. Is, I can't picture his bass, yeah. but I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, he's kind of a, he's got a unique bass sound. Nobody sounds like Didi Verney's bass. Yeah. It almost sounds like it's too loose, you know? It, it's almost like he's plucking it, too. Right. Instead of, like, instead of picking it or even hitting it with his finger, he's, like, pulling it. Almost like a like a uh, staccato type of sound. It's yeah. It's fucking cool. Man. <laughs> God, now you might, that got me wanting to see Overkill again. <laughs> So what about Zach Wilde? The, the the bullseye, bullseye iconic. Man. It's you know those early '90s, '80s or not early '90s Aussie videos. That guitar is front and center. Yeah, you know, and the way he plays it, you know, the, the low. I mean, he gets in that crouch, and you got the hair, and right? it's like that is. I mean, this is so cool it when is Zach cool. Wilde, and that's what when we saw Pantera. You know, he was doing that. You know, we saw him at, with Black Label last summer too. You know, he gets up on on amp or whatever a riser, and he's doing that crouch. Yep. This is the coolest thing ever. I, I remember <laughs> seeing him with Ozfest because uh, he always did double bill. He'd do Black Label and he'd do Ozzy, and he came out for Black Label and he opened with uh, like a five or six minute, just just shrill, shredding. Just terribly high pitched <laughs> guitar solo, just as high as he could go for five minutes. Just, and it was just nasty. It was an attack. Uh, and he would do that for a few seconds and he would turn his back to the crowd. He'd kind of flip his hair a little bit, take a swig of beer, <laughs> spit it in the air so it sprayed all over him, and then song. And that was his that was his pattern for the whole night. Like, Come on! But the, the first five minutes, I had to sit down and plug my ears like yeah. a little child because it was just. And it's an assault. I can see where that would be crazy. <laughs> uh, but man, the guy—he he never hits a sour note. No, love him or no. hate him, you, can, yeah. you might hate Zach Wild's yeah. style. The guy knows how to play a six string. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's a slinger. And I remember well at the Pantera show, we were back where you could see the screen and the cameras were zooming in. I mean, we're right on his fingers and how precise yeah. that guy is. It was awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. Man. Let's see. Uh, how about um, uh, who have we not talked about yet? Uh, well, Jimi Hendrix is one I'm surprised. Oh my God! Yeah, of, Jimmy, of yeah. course. I can't picture yeah. it though. I can't well, picture a specific it's model. Strung, uh, it's the way it was strung. You know, it was played upside down. Mm -hmm. That's you know, that's what I, I think it remembers. I, I know the sound it made when it caught fire. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that that noise was unique. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think every you know, yeah, it was just the way it was strung. You know, so. Uh, CC does CC meet the does, does CC Deville meet those were, the but those parameters were, of being a metal guitar player? I think he's a hell of a guitar player. I mean, I think he could be in any band, and you could and you would buy it. I think he's that good of a guitar player. Do you really? He, yeah, I think he's just known for the glam stuff. You know, the the pastel purple. He guitars. also had a huge skull guitar. Remember yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah. With the crossbone yeah. behind yeah. it. Uh, yeah. and uh, the the video for um, Talk Dirty to me, it starts with them running down a line of about 30 guitars yeah. that he had before they had even signed a contract. <laughs> this man had 30 
Yeah. World-class guitars yeah. in his collection. So Poison were making some money before they got signed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not not my favorite band. I know you that. do not like Poison. <laughs> but no, but I mean, he was classically trained. So Was he really? Yes. He, he went... What? Uh, he was he a uh, graduate of Juilliard. Get out of I here. I mean, he studied under what? Yitzhak Perlman. I mean... You're lying. No, I'm not. No, he was... <laughs> what? Yeah, he is classically no. trained. C- classically I'm trained. Having my, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around this. <laughs> What? So he's obviously a very capable. You guitar might as well player. tell me that Chad Kroger is classically trained. I'm like, come on, really? Yeah, I would have never pictured that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard Poison, Unskinny Bop, and I Need Action, and all that. Yeah, he's a Juilliard trained he musician. Is, yeah, so he, yeah, Man. not a pro. I wouldn't say the word prodigy, but I mean, he wow. was good enough. Those glam guys, though, there was a yeah. lot of them that got well, yeah, no respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Andy Timmons from Danger Danger. Yeah. Danger Danger is about the glammiest of the glam. They were pop. They weren't even metal. No, they, they were, weren't. They weren't even hardly rock. Yeah. They were pop, right? But their guitar player, Andy Timmons, you know why I know he's good? Because he went on tour with G3 about 20 years ago and went, well, if he's hanging with Satriani and Vi, he's obviously yeah. incredible. And I, I went back to try and listen to Danger Danger. It doesn't translate. <laughs> it doesn't translate into Danger Dangerous music. It doesn't, I mean, they have Naughty Naughty and, you know, Bang, oh, what a great bang, song. Bang, bang, you know I mean? bang, and Naughty Naughty. You know, you know, by the band Danger Danger. You know, it was just a silly... Wow, I just put that together. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a silly thing. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea they were that good. No clue. But again, Andy Timmons toured yeah. with Satriani and Vi went well. well. Same with uh, Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah. I never knew how good a guitar player it was until Vi... And Satriani took him on a tour and went, well, he's obviously got what it takes. Because he knows what he needs to do in Def Leppard. He's not there he to show well, off. Well, he's just there to lay down, do the rhythm, and play some solos, but not do it super flashy. I think he may be one of the greatest riff guys of all time. I mean, him and Angus, I mean, you, I mean, the opening to Photograph is it's maybe my, my, right my, it, my favorite riff of all time. I mean, it is. As soon is, as you said his it, riffs, that jumped in my head. It's so simple. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, it is so cool. It's like, I just I think s- that is the coolest. I saw some, uh, uh, God, I wish I could remember who the quote was from. They said, um, the hardest thing in the world to do is to write a simple song. Yeah. You could be the most amazing guitar player in yeah. the world. And everybody would be like, wow, that guy's incredible. Look at him rip it up. But to write a simple song, like Inner Sandman, right? Oh, sure. Coming off of Justice and then opening their, yeah. their next album with Inner Sandman. That's a bold step. Yeah. To write, here's just a simple rock song. Let's see what this does. Oh, it's going to change music. <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, uh, it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Who, who else is on here that we've missed? Uh, well, I think I've covered everybody. Well, no, I mean, I well, KK and Glenn from Judas Priest. Of course. I mean, I mean, now uh, we're just getting into guitar players. We are. Because I can't picture any more, like, uh, yeah. James Hetfield's Explorer. That Gibson Explorer. Yes, that's that an is, iconic that guitar. That is iconic guitar. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I'm drawing a blank. Ah, Dave Mustaine's Metal well, his, Jackson. And his V. He, yeah, his Jackson his, V. His Jackson uh, V. Yeah, that, that um, looks well, like it's made of metal. Him right? and Marty both played the same guitar, essentially, didn't they? Or? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what Marty played. I think it might have been a Jackson. I think the band might yeah, have been a Jackson Yeah, I think they were Jackson, band, yeah. You know, yeah. in 1990 especially. Yeah. Um, but John Petrucci from Dream Theater, another one. I'm drawing yeah. a blank on what it looks like. But again, <laughs> we, can, we went into this one totally blind. It's yeah. like, Chris, we're going to start talking about guitar players. Yeah, but that's where it's morphing. Not, not so much, uh, you know, their, their gear. But I've uh, seen John Petrucci a few times with Dream Theater, and then I saw him here in town. Sweetwater used to do... Um, 
little, you know, displays. It basically John showed up to, hey, I have this name brand pedal. I'm going to show you what it's about. But he played in front of a room full of 150 people for an hour. So I went. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was free. Just had to be one of the first people to sign yeah. up, right? Back when that was going on there. Yeah. And I went and saw John. It's just stupid watching this guy have a conversation with you while he's just shredding. <laughs> he's just making sure his fingers are warmed up as he's talking to you. He's, his guitar's not on, but he's yeah. playing. He's, he's laying down solo while he's talking. And then, hey, hey turn this up. <laughs> what the hell? It's incredible. Well, you heard the if you heard the story, Alice Cooper says that Jeff Beck was the greatest guitar player of all time, and he said when he met Jeff Beck, he held his guitar, had it plugged in, held it by the neck, and just let it roll down into his hand, and he played perfect scales all the way down. What? And it's like wow. Yeah, he's like that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen, and it's I, he was he was. You know, 22, 23 years old. Can you imagine? At the time. I can't, can you imagine being I can't play that my good? Scales. I know them. I can't play them without staring <laughs> at my hand going, blink, 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 blink. You know, it's just not pretty. Yeah. I took three years of guitar lessons. You'd never know it. <laughs> I think I took two. <laughs> you would never in a million years know. You could put a gun in my head and say, play one song. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know what? I am so envious of people who have that aptitude. Because we just don't have it. We're just fans and yeah. don't, you know, really understand everything that goes into being a musician. Right. And, you know, I just so many, because I've got friends who are very gifted musicians, and you, as you do too, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like the I envy. It. It's, I, it's like, I just wish I could do a, a fourth of what you're doing right now. Right. Yeah. And all <laughs> these guys are like working day jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Yeah. What is that about? And that's, yeah. It's like in, in Fort Wayne, there are some amazing guitar players. And I always said, and I will die on this hill. Eric Clapton is the most overrated guitar player ever. <laughs> oh, we could, we could go down statement. to Sweetwater and I bet you we could find 10 capable guys. It's like very precise, all that stuff. But there's a lot of guys right. who are like that. I don't think it's anything earth shattering. It's not. He's not Eddie Van Halen. It's not Jimmy Page. He's not Jimmy Hendrix. And but for some but reason, Clapton is God. Oh God, <laughs> that's yeah. Can you imagine what that did he, to his he's, ego? He's my poison. Like, <laughs> can you imagine what? Can you imagine what that did to his ego? Man, yeah. and all hopped up on coke and like Clapton is God, woohoo! <laughs> yeah, but he just—he didn't even want to be the front man though. He just wanted to play guitar. Yeah, but he, uh, he was reluctant uh, to even step into the front. But Ch uh, Chuck Klosterman, great author. If you've read any of his books, he's a you know great. Uh, he narrows down a lot of stuff. I mean, about music and one of his books. Um, towards the back I remember him talking about Eric Clapton and he said it was like oh yeah Eric Clapton is the most overrated guitar player I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> or something to that effect I'm like I finally <laughs> is there a very popular guitar player that you think is uh, outside of Clapton that you think is also overrated somebody that everybody would go what no I mean he's the one that I I think sometimes you know uh, I don't want to knock blues blaze guitar players, but sometimes I find that exhausting. <laughs> you know, just you know, the you blue know, scales. Right, right. I just find it. It's like, all right, let's 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 wrap this up. <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so, was, so I don't think it's like a uh, technical thing. We enjoy it's bastardized just, blues, which uh, yeah. is called metal. You know? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's, it's it's blues based. Yeah. You know the well. 
up to a certain point. Yeah. Once you get into thrash, it's more hardcore and, and punk. You know, there's some of that in there. They don't want to admit it. But, you know, those hyper-fast, yeah. really intricate staccato riffs, those are very, you yeah. know, at the back in the early days especially, new wave of heavy metal, British heavy metal and, and punk kind of mixed in there. Yeah. Hell, the first Iron Maiden was kind of a punky record. Well, it was, it was just a straight-up rock record. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you really couldn't say it was metal, you yeah. know, because it really, it wasn't. I, yeah. mean, I mean, Running Free is just a great rock song. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> you know? is. And that's why they close with it every night. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I saw Iron Maiden two nights in a row when they did Ozfest. And um, the first night was in Chicago. The second night was in Indiana. And the first night, uh, they were introducing a song, and Bruce like, and we wrote this song, and blah, blah, so many years ago, and blah, blah, here it is, Wrathchild. And I went, you did not write that song, Bruce. <laughs> you had nothing to do with that song. The next night, he goes, here's a song that these guys wrote. There you go. <laughs> like, they must have had a talk. Like, Bruce, man, you didn't, you didn't write a note of that song. What are you doing here? But he'd been singing it for 40 years, or yeah. 30 years at that point, right? So it probably... At a certain point, feels like his song. Yeah, he sings it so much better than Paul. He's <laughs> so much better than Paul. So uh, to not talk about singers, let's talk about more guitar players. Yeah, I think Kirk Hammett is one of those that doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he's in a popular band. I think that if you hear the guitar solo in Disposable Heroes and you can't think that yeah. he's a good guitar player, yeah, you're just a hater at that point. Yeah. You just don't like Kirk because the guitar solo for like a minute and a half in Disposable Heroes. Just keeps on going. Yeah. You think it's over? Nope. Here comes another thirty seconds. Right? I just love it. Well, I, I, Slash is another. One I think but is underrated. He gets no respect. I think Slash is very underrated. And going back to his guitars, it was pretty much the same that that, that Gibson. Starburst Gibson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that he. You know that you see him. Th- you know what video was it when he throws it off the cliff? Is it Don't Cry? I think it's yeah. Don't Cry. Yeah. Or, or is it November Rain? Yeah. Whatever. One of those two. <laughs> I can't. Remember. The same video. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Kind of. You know what bugged me? I was in uh, um, school at the time that video came out, um, and uh, one of our classes uh, was audio video, um, survey video. So you could we learned how to watch videos for incons- inconsistencies and, and why they used a color here and why they used this angle. We were learning all that stuff. Yeah. And that video was all over. And n- there was a point where they're flying by Slash as he's outside of the church laying yeah. laying down the solo for November Rain, right? And they're flying past him. They're flying past him over and over and over. Every other shot, he's got a, a cigarette in his mouth. Every other shot, he does not. And that drove me nuts to oh, this day. Oh, the continuity person I can't dropped the ball. watch that video and go, wait a second. Somebody said, hey, Slash, either keep the cigarette in at all times <laughs> or maybe spit it out. You know? I remember well when the Don't Cry video. I was in high school when Don't Cry came out, and you know, the whole world premiere. That was when it was a big deal on MTV. Where you know, and there's someone else singing on the roof shot, and the oh, next Shannon. day at school, who was that guy? I remember us talking about it in the hallways, and it was Shannon Noon from yep. Blind Melon. Yeah, who are, Indiana guy. you know that that yeah. band is nothing like Guns N' Roses. So you right, know, those of right. us that in 1992 when Blind Melon came out, yeah. and I bought it because Shannon Hoon was in the video for yeah. Don't Cry. I was like, what? I loved it. <laughs> I spent a good year trying to get people to listen to it, and nobody would. And then no rain happened. Then I was like, it's like when Guns N' Roses happened. I spent nine yeah. months trying to get people to like Guns N' Roses, and out of nowhere. Everybody loved Guns N' Roses. Like, wait a minute. It happened, ironically enough, with Blind Melon, because I knew of them through Guns N' Roses. It's been a year trying to get people, and after about seven or eight months, I went, hey, it's my band then. I'll listen to them. I love them. And then, you know, No Rain happened, and it blew up. Yeah. You know, and then their second record came out on my birthday, my 21st or 22nd birthday, and I did not like it. 
not did, that that's did not like it. that's a, a rarity when you're gonna when you have something that big you're not gonna like it the next, right exactly yeah, that's it know. it followed a, a record for me that was perfect and then yeah. it was my birthday I'm like oh happy yeah. birthday to me and well, it just I, didn't, I, it didn't trip me I remember well I was a huge Pearl Jam fan the first record ten was one of my it's still one of my all time favorite records and then Versus comes out like six months later after this you know so you're not gonna, never gonna capture what you did on that first because you spent a decade basically writing that first one you know right but you're so excited for it and I remember listening to it like yeah I love this I I no I love it I, I really love it I, I love it this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> I did that with the black album first really few, first few days it came out really? I loved it loved it loved it and then four or five days after all I did was listen to the black album uh, yeah over and over and over and over and yeah. over and then like fourth or fifth day later I'm like I'm in the mood for puppets. I put on Master Puppets, and out of the gate, I went, oh, that's why I love Metallica. And it really, once I heard Master Puppets again, I was like, man, this album sucks. This new album sucks. <laughs> I was one of those guys. This is bullshit, man. This album sucks. Listen to those ballads. Um, but uh, I can appreciate that record for what it is these days. I saw him play it live a couple of years ago uh, in, in backwards order. Yeah. And that album live... It's like they're trying to hit the brown note, man. That is heavy, heavy, not fast, heavy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, and there's Kirk again because I, yeah. I love Kirk. I think that he again underrated, like you said with Slash and who else is underrated? I, well, underrated. Uh, going back to bass players, Lemmy. Yeah, absolutely. an underrated player. You know, you just think of Lemmy as being a bean, but he was actually a pretty damn good bass player, too. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, again, I say, it, Lemmy was just the vessel. Yeah. It was the warts. They were in charge. <laughs> <laughs> the warts were the, they were the brains. Everything else around it was just so the warts can get around. So I think this Lemmy himself was just a, it was just a vessel, a shell, <laughs> a warts. That's why they never got cut off, right? Normal people, when they have warts the size of pinkies on their face, they're like, man, maybe I should probably take that thing off. Nope. They're like, no, no, we run the show here. You will not, you will not cut us off of here. I think that's what happened. I think Lemmy could be a whole show too. Have you seen the documentary, <laughs> the Lemmy documentary? I have not. Oh, we've got we've got to get you caught up in a lot of these documentaries <laughs> for sure because we do have to do a whole documentary episode. But I, I know that he popped yeah. up. <laughs> Um, do you remember the guy that ended up having his junk cut off by the the girl? Yeah, uh, the uh, one, John uh, Wayne Bobbitt. John Wayne Bobbitt. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie he made? Yes. Um, <laughs> Vince Neil also. Yes. In that yes. Uh, fine but film. My favorite scene in the whole movie was after she cuts it off. She's driving on the road. She throws it out the window and ends up rolling up and lands between two yes. boots. And, and, it's, it's and it pans up, and Lemmy looks down. He goes, you don't see that every day. And he gets up and walks away. It's like, yes! I was not expecting that. So, yeah, Vince Neil also makes a cameo in that uh, fine VHS. Straight to VHS. Back when, back when Del Mar was the hot ticket in town. You knew why you went to Del Mar. They had other movies there. They had other movies there, so you could check out other stuff. So you weren't only going to rent porn, but let's face it. You had a Delmar card, so you could go rent porn. I have. I can't. How? What was? The, what were we supposed to be talking about in this episode? I think guitars. I forget. Okay. I think guitars. But going back to, uh, not going back to. I'm, I'm talking about the Delmar. And again, if you're listening to this not from Fort Wayne, Indiana, you knew that if you have a video store in your town back in the '80s and early '90s, that's what it was. There you go. So I remember when Delmar first 
you had to have a uh, they had a photo ID yep. at some point where you had to, you actually had to take your picture. And they wanted your social security number right? on the car. It's right on the front of it. Yeah, what's that about? So <laughs> I to this day still carry my cars. You have still have a Delmar car. I still card? have my car. I lost mine years and ago. Sarah still has her. My why, wife still has hers. The reason why I I kept it because it was taken. I. Th- it would have been my 19th, 20th birthday. Okay. So now you're okay to go into the bathroom, <laughs> right. right? So <laughs> I have a look on my face that says, I'm going to see lots of people naked. It is. That is a, <laughs> that is a smirk, man. That's a, I'm about to get away with something. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I keep that around for that. It's like, that's my favorite ID. It's like, it was one, if I ever get pulled over, I'm just going to go. And just to have him laugh. The cop laughing at me, right. <laughs> like you can go. <laughs> yeah, it, You're I wish you guys could, on a mission. I wish you guys could have seen this picture because it is exactly as Shane described it. <laughs> that face is as soon as this picture is printed. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. This is going to be good times. My wife and I like to go, and we didn't even really rent movies. We just went back there because anytime a woman was there, it made every man in the in the vicinity nervous. <laughs> So she would just walk in the aisles and watch them separate like oil and water, just gone, you know? So she'd walk into the next aisle, gone. We wouldn't even rent anything. She just got off on doing that. It was hilarious. My, along the same lines, my wife loved to shout my name across, <laughs> hey, Shane, what are you doing? Why are you using my name? Shane Alberani! <laughs> Look at this! <laughs> the things you do to entertain yourself in the Midwest. That's right. There's not a whole lot else going on. That's why we, that's why we sit around and listen to music all the time. That's right. That's right. You know, especially back in the day. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of, we got to get back into these guitars. Oh I mean, what's it been, 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Um, who's another guitar player that's underrated? Uh, another underrated guitar. I mean, at a certain point, you get to the point where everybody's like, ah, that guy's respected no matter what. Yeah. Whether you like him or but hate there's him. So, right? There's a lot of guys who obviously play on records we don't know. Vito Brada. Like, yeah. Vito Brada on yeah. White, uh, White Lion. Yeah. You know, he, he looked kind of like Eddie Van Halen, and he played almost identically. Another to one Eddie who had a cool guitar was uh, John Sykes. John Sykes was a beast. Yeah, God, was, I love oh, John Sykes. He should have been a household name. Right, right. You know, with the in white snake. He must have been an a hole. That's my guess because he was too talented. Every yeah, to st- not be more popular. Right, right. But he, he had a cool '80s guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was black, red, and white. You yeah. know, uh, when he played for White Snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he was never in yeah. any of the videos. They he right, got fired right. pretty quickly. From what I understand, I was reading an interview. He tried to strong arm. He tried to hostily take over White Snake. David Coverdale's band. He tried to take it over and become like the boss. And Dave's like, uh, you can leave yeah. now. Yeah. You, know, you, you might be an amazing guitar player, but we don't need you. Yeah. So he went and did um, Blue Murder, which is an amazing band. So John Sykes, again. Uh, Richie Blackmore never had a really fancy guitar. The guy who basically know. created hard But of rock. course, that was back in the day we didn't have that stuff. That's true. That's true. You know, Having those fancy schmancy yeah. guitars was an 80s thing. Yeah. Everybody got into that. But underrated guitar players. Just go see TSO play anything. Anything. That band. I, I've been a Sabotage fan for 30 yeah. years, so uh, yeah. 35 years, so uh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> you know, I, I love everything. The, the shows for TSO, they're a bit heavy-handed. Lots of lots of you know, Christmas stuff. Well, that's the Obviously, whole point. that's the gig. But lots I, of really uh, deep voice telling the narration in between. But wow! But seeing them play Beethoven, we mm-hmm. were at the same show. Yeah. That was remarkable. They're ridiculous. Yeah. They're amazing guitar players, and they yeah. always have been. Chris Leva, uh, uh, before he died on Sabotage, you listen to any of those albums before he died and listen to the solos, and just 
that guy should have been a household name. Again, underrated. Yeah, an incredible guitar player. Now I have to now I have to listen to Over Age and War by Sabotage. <laughs> I didn't have to. The guitar on that song is just sick, man. Sick. Uh, uh, okay, we're talking underrated. Gary Holt. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I've had this conversation with multiple people, yeah. uh, especially in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. You listen to stuff he did with Slayer. You listen to stuff he's doing with Exodus, and he is just laying it down. He's a guy that create. He, if you want to go back, and the guy that created Thrash, I think Gary Holt. I think Gary Holt's the guy. No lies that detected. created Thrash. Yeah. And and he invented a music that now rules, right? I yeah. mean, it's kind of and all these new metal bands. They they took the heavy of thrash and kind of dumbed it down. Uh, but yeah, Gary Holt, man. The, and, and and why not why not Rick Hunnell, uh, his his partner in crime, yeah. man. Yeah. Wait, listen man. to the solo on Death Amphetamine, and I will just everything about that. And song. I will say that is what maybe the greatest thrash song of all time. I know that's a bold it's eight statement. Minutes of, eight minutes of pure thrash, right? It's beautiful, and, and the guitar playing on that is so magnificent, you know. And Alex Skolnick is one since we're as long as we're talking about underrated guitar players. Who he's a guy who. You hear him play everything. Does not just metal. He plays everything. Right. He's got this jazz trio. Right. And you buy it wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when you hear him talk, he's got that exactly like Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Or I don't know. I don't know the boroughs, but a very New Yorky accent. Yeah. East Coast. And it, it, what? But he looks like a, an Ivy League in, English professor. I think you know. <laughs> right. He's kind of got the long hair, but it's also grain in the front. He's got that. He's always had that gray streak. Yeah. I've always wondered if he dyed it that way yeah. just for something that stood out on stage. Because you needed something beside, you know, that, for a look, uh, or if that was naturally just because it's. I've never not seen it. Yeah, I've never not seen it, so I don't know if it's a legit thing. And who's going to ask a dude what? He, hey, man, about your hair? You know, <laughs> I've met him, but I'm not going to be like, hey, man, about your hair? You know, I'm not going to do that when I meet Alex Skolnick. I'm going to be like, oh my god, you're freaking Alex Skolnick! And he's one of those guys. If you see how complicated he's, uh, the few. I mean, I was guitar. I mean, I'm there for the whole show, but I'm like, when I see Testament, I am focusing on Skolnick because he's so effortless. It's like he's not even trying, and he's ripping into these amazing solos yeah. and everything. It's like he's not even in the building. I yeah, mean. <laughs> you got Eric Peterson laying down the rhythm and doing most of the songwriting. I mean, yeah. Eric Peterson is... Nobody really talks about Eric Peterson, but he basically was Testament for a while. I mean, he and Chuck were always yeah. there, but yeah. you know, Eric was a guy doing all the, sh all the stuff. Yeah. Right? He was a guy running the show, and uh, especially in those times after... Alex left. He had to step up. They brought in some incredible guitar players. James Murphy played on a couple of records. Yeah. Um, one of those death metal guitar players. It was just ridiculous. There's, there's been a couple of guys that have played in Testament's band that have gotten cancer. They have gotten uh, uh, cancer over the years, and people are like, man. I don't know if anybody should join your band because everybody gets cancer. You know, James Murphy got cancer. Another one of the guitar players ended up getting cancer. Steve Smith, I think, uh, and uh, Chuck himself got yeah, cancer. Yeah, that's right. Without yeah. his cancer, Death Angel wouldn't yeah. have gotten back together, and we wouldn't have had the last twenty yeah. years of their amazing music. So, uh, thank you, Chuck Billy, for getting cancer. I guess I don't know. That's a mean, horrible thing to say, but you got us Death Angel back. So. Wow. Yay, tongue cancer. Okay, well, that's where we can stop this one. This one went off the rails, and we apologize because I thought it was going to be a little bit more thought-provoking, but the way this went, it was, yeah, it, was just uh, random. it was just weird and slightly embarrassing for me. And uh, Yeah, I guess that's that, then. <laughs> that's that, man. Guitars, guitars rule. Yeah, and we can, uh, we can talk about guitar players and bass players and drummers and everything else. All right, great. Have a great night, Shane. All right, buddy. Stay heavy.